Well, good evening, Brooklyn. Uh, it's an honor for my wife and I to be able to speak to you guys tonight. Like Phil said, uh, we are presently in Atlanta, Georgia. We've been here for the last two months and uh, just relaxing and taking it easy and um, praying a lot. Uh, I'm working on my second book. Uh, please be praying for me. The title is The Devil Is Not Your Friend. Uh, but uh, before we get started tonight, I wanted to express our condolences uh, to the entire Brooklyn ministry. Uh, our sister Marva Walcott passed away a few weeks ago, and I understand that she was a great disciple in the ministry there, and that uh, you guys are really going to miss her. And so we just wanted to extend our condolences to all of you that uh, she was a great disciple. She's gone on to be with her God, and uh, one day we get to be reunited with her and so many other disciples that have gone on before us. Uh, so much has happened since the last time we were with you guys in, uh, in Brooklyn in early February. Um, it was a great time just being with you guys that Sunday. And uh, my wife and I had a chance to have lunch with uh, Phil and Leslie mm -hmm. and some of your co-leaders that afternoon. And then uh, we, 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 we got back to Texas and COVID-19 happened and the world has not been the same ever since. And so tonight, uh, my wife and I, we just want to encourage you guys and hopefully inspire you that uh, we serve an amazing God and that is uh, looking after us and will continue to take care of us. Uh, please go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. And this is gonna be our text tonight in Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22. It says immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside to, by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they, went, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were with then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. We've titled the lesson tonight, Thriving During Times of Uncertainty. Thriving During, terms, during Times of Uncertainty. I want to make two quick points. And the first one is storms don't bother God. Storms do not bother God. In the story, in the account we just read, we're told that 
you know, Jesus, after dismissing the crowd, told the apostles to get into the boat and go wait for him on the other side, and then went up to a mountainside to pray. Jesus knew the storm was coming. As a matter of fact, I believe that as he went off that night, he was praying for them. As the storm came upon the lake where they were. You see, the storm did not take Jesus by surprise because he's God. He sees everything. And everything that you and I are going through right now in terms of this pandemic, God saw it coming from the beginning of time. And yet he didn't panic. And as a result of that, you and I don't need to panic. You know, last week I went and listened to um, you guys midweek uh, in, from James chapter 4 when Phil was talking about how this is a time for us to draw closer to God. He's absolutely right. Because again, I want you to notice how Jesus comes to the rescue at just the right time. Again, storms don't bother God. This pandemic that we're going through did not take God by surprise. What makes this very different from anything we've ever experienced is the fact that the entire world is going through it at the same time. Usually when we have problems and storms and you know, issues and challenges, it's usually you know, based on one part of the world. But right now, God in his wisdom has decided that, you know what, we're going to go through all this together. And it's an amazing thing. As a matter of fact, it was when we were in New York with you guys in February that we would get back to our hotel every night and I turn on the news, and all of a sudden, one night, I saw, what, what is this stuff going on in China? And the thing that caught my attention was how quickly the Chinese built that hospital. And I, I, got, I, got, I got my phone, and I started to type, what we're going to do when COVID-19 arrives in the United States? Because, you know, viruses don't stop at the border. Viruses don't stop at the edge of countries. They come in. And... Somehow I knew that this stuff is going to go around the world. And here we are, several months into this pandemic. But this storm did not take God by surprise. And I don't know about you, when I was making plans for 2020, pandemic was not one of it. We, no, no, I, I did not see this coming. I'm, I'm not sure any of us saw this coming, but God saw it coming. And storms do not bother God. You know, in Romans 8.31, the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, if you think about it, look at the timing of this virus. Here we are. I'm preaching to you from Atlanta, Georgia via Zoom. To be honest with you, I didn't even know what Zoom was before this pandemic got here. I've never used Zoom before in my entire life. I remember when we, uh, when we were shut down and I told the church, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start recording the messages. And on Sunday mornings, you guys can listen. And a brother walked up to me and said, hey, we can live stream via Facebook. I said, what, what is that? And so he came over, you know, he, he helped set everything up and we ran through the whole thing and it was awesome. And I'll never forget it. I'm preaching that Sunday for the first time via face, uh, Facebook live streaming. And uh, all of a sudden I see all these bubbles going up with thumbs up and, you know, love signs. And I'm thinking, what is that? And then it dawned on me, oh, people are saying amen. But that was my first time experiencing all that stuff. So I'm saying to you that, you know what, if you think about the timing of this virus, we couldn't have done this 30 years ago. Here we are. We have the internet. We have Zoom. We have all kinds of streaming devices. You guys are watching me, although I can't see you, but you can see me via this medium. God knew what he was doing. I mean, if this had happened 30 years ago, 
we would have been in serious trouble as a church in terms of how to communicate with each other and how to preach messages, especially when they shut us down. But you see, God is still on the throne. Satan cannot destroy what God protects. You and I have been assigned this mountain to show others that it can be moved. All this stuff does not take God by surprise. And that's why we always need to continue to keep our focus on God because this storm did not, does not bother God and it did, did not take God by surprise. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. God has not brought us this far to abandon us now. He's just getting started. And we must continue to fight our battles, fixing our eyes on God. At this time, my wife Sarah is going to share. Amen. You know, you think about it. We're all in this life together. And in life, we face different kinds of storms. And we each react differently to life's challenges. You think about, you think about it in the ocean. Not all the boats are the same size, but they all face the same storm. We all react differently to storms. These storms that come at us can be overwhelming, fill us with fear and anxiety. They have the potential to shake our world, shake our faith, make us question each other. Satan can use these storms to, change, to damage our faith and trust and make us question the very nature of God. And he can make us forget that we are in a spiritual battle. It is a battle for your soul. And he'll try and make it look like it's about people. And he does this also by pulling us away from the truth. But God says this in Psalm 75 verse three. When the earth and all its people quake, it is I who holds the pillars firm. He, he holds it firm. When our world is shaken, God is holding you tight. God has the power to quiet the turmoil in our hearts. He has the power to quiet our inner turmoil. And I think back in these last five years of our life, <clears throat> the different waves that have tumbled our life and our family, I think of Richard's cancer. So much to share about that. But the morning of his surgery, we're ready to go to, uh, to the hospital, and Richard says, I've got, we've got to talk about this. If I don't get up from the operating table, this is the first person I want you to call. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. It's just, I, I just can't handle it right now. And Richard was like, it's important we talk about this because it matters to him. And, and even in that, God wants me. In all the things that we, we feel stressed by, we have anxiety by, God says, bring them to me. Give them to me. Put them in my hand. Psalm 95, 94. These are some of the passages I turned to, especially in that time of our life. It says, when anxiety, when anxiety was great within me, my consolation brought me joy. The psalmist said, that God consoled him and that brought him joy. Psalm 121. Psalm 121 begs the question, where does my help come from? And he answers, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And you and I must ask ourselves, where do we turn to? 
when, when we feel our world is shaken, where do we turn to? The psalmist says, turn to God, turn to God. Psalm 61, verse 2. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. From the ends of the earth, I call. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, one of the things when we, are, when we face one challenge after another and there's so much turmoil going on, we can get very inward. And when we're in, the, in those challenging situations, when things are uncertain, the psalmist knows this. And his prayer is, he wants us, you and I, to be outward focused, focused on God and all that God is doing. You know, Gloria, the late Gloria Baird used to say this, do not let your sufferings go to waste. Do not let your suffering go, go to waste. And when with Richard's cancer, God used it to etch out fears that I never knew that I had, deeply entrenched fears. And God was etching it all out as Richard was battling cancer. And he drew me closer to him. God wants us to draw close to him and turn to him when we face uncertainties of our lives and storms in our lives. You know, in Matthew 8, it's one passage that I love, and it shows us that Jesus has the power to completely calm the storm, to quiet the inner turmoil of our hearts and minds. And so, sisters, I urge you, the unexpected happens. When storms pound on us, they can be relentless. And like they say, when it rains, it pours. One of my anchor passages that I turn to again and again is Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. It reads, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so, sisters, we're urged that we pray at all times, all sorts of prayers, and with thanksgiving, and that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. And so, sisters, I pray that we will go to him with all kinds of prayers and requests, and may that peace that passes all understanding be ours. Amen. You know, the second point I also want to make very quickly, building on what Sarah has just finished talking about, is the fact that God will come to our rescue. God will come to our rescue. You know, we need to ask ourselves, how do we deal with uncertainty? I don't know what's going to happen next week. I have no idea what's going to happen this time next year. I have no idea what's going to happen five years from now. But one thing I do know is that you and I know the God that knows tomorrow. You and I know the God that knows the future. And that's the reason why you and I don't need to panic because he's going to come to our rescue. He's already coming to our rescue, even right now as we go through this pandemic. Normally, you know, I was, I was reading about this the other day. It takes about three to four years for a vaccine to come into circulation. And here we are because of the, the fact that COVID-19 is affecting the entire world at the same time. God willing, it appears that we're going to have a vaccine for this uh, pandemic early, early next year. To me, that's incredible. 
to realize that they've been working hard and scientists have been working hard at this for the last several months. And uh, by early next year, God willing, you know, uh, we, we're going to have a vaccine for this thing. And I praise God for that because God has quickened the, the pace and God is making it happen. And you and I can, we can, we can calm our fears. We can fix our eyes on him knowing that, you know what, he knows what he's doing. How do we deal with uncertainty? We acknowledge our limitations and taking our fears and anxiety to God. You know, in James chapter 5, verse 13, you guys are going to talk about this next week, I believe, uh, at your midweek service. It simply says, is any one of you in trouble? You should pray. Notice, it doesn't say, is any one of you in trouble? You should worry. He doesn't say we should get stretched out. He says we should pray. And I can honestly tell you, for the last several months, that's all I've been doing. Because I wish we could see this uh, virus, but we can't. And so obviously right now, we're all social distancing. We're wearing masks when we go out. We're washing our hands. And we, you know, we got hand sanitizer all over the place. But uh, you know, God, God sees it. And God is hearing our prayers. And yet, we've lost 200,000 Americans to this disease. And my prayer is that we will listen to what the scientists are telling us and continue to take all these precautions so that the numbers keep, don't keep going up. And that's my prayer. And I know some of you guys, you work in hospitals, you know, you're on the front lines, and you guys are heroes because every day you guys are putting your lives on the line for the rest of us. And we're very thankful. But all of us that are healthy and are, and are still alive, we need to play our part in making sure that, you know what, yes, we're praying, but we're also praying for people. We're praying for that our family members don't get this thing. Some of our family members have, you know, contracted COVID-19. I, I know some of us, even in the church, we've lost family members to COVID-19. And my prayer is that their souls will rest in peace. You and I are not the judge. God is the judge. And all we can do is that, you know what, God is going to be, God is going to be just. God is going to be fair over everybody that passes away. And I'm thankful that I'm not the judge. I'm thankful that you are not the judge. And all we can do is continue to look to God and depend on God. And I can honestly tell you, I have prayed like I have never done before in all my Christian existence since this stuff has hit our country. And, you know, uh, some of you brothers are like me where I love sports. And obviously there was no live sports. And so what was I doing during that time? I was just praying and reading my Bible. And I've spent, obviously, I've spent a lot of time also reading other things. But it's been wonderful. I've, I've, I've taken the time just to pray and just to draw closer to God. And, you know, what situations are you facing right now in your life that you're afraid of? I'm asking you. What are you facing right now? I know some of us, you know, our, our kids are ready, getting ready to go back to school. And, you know, that, that's a legitimate fear. And my prayer is that, you know, God will give you wisdom in terms of what to do for your family and what to do, you know, for your kids. Because we're all facing this stuff together and we can be praying for one another. You know, it, it, it's exciting that, you know, now everybody, we, we have all these smartphones. We can call each other up. And hey, bro, you got a minute? Can we just pray for a little bit? And, and we, can pray, we can pray with each other. Let's be praying for one another. It's very, very important. You know, I turned 58 um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, 
it suddenly dawned on me that I lost my mother when she was 57 years old, 28 years ago. I was 30 at the time, and my wife and I had just gotten married in Kenya, and my mother passed away six months later. And here I was, it was the last two weeks of, quote unquote, me being 57, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. We're also getting ready to exhume her remains. We buried her at our, at our house. It's very common in my culture. You can bury somebody at your house. You just need a permit. You bury them in a compound. And we're getting ready to exhume her remains and go bury her in this new cemetery in Lagos, Nigeria, where I'm from. And uh, it just hit me. Like, here I am. I feel like I'm getting my life started at 57. And that was when my mother died. And I was overwhelmed. And I called several brothers that were very close to me. They called me to encourage me. And people were praying for me. But I reached out. Because that's what Jesus did when he was overwhelmed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He reached out to his friends. He took his friends along as matter of fact. And that's exactly what I did. And I can tell you, by the end of that evening, people were praying for me. People were reaching out to me. And I felt a peace that literally surpasses all understanding. The brother, that we're, the brother and sister that we're living with right now in Atlanta, he got my text. He had, walked, he had gone for his prayer walk that Sunday morning. He turned the car around and came back and picked me. I said, let's, let's just go pray together. And we get into his car, and we're driving to the park to go pray together. And he's, praying, he's playing uh, on, on the radio, uh, on, the, on the CD rather, uh, Yolanda Adams' uh, song, um, I'm Gonna Be Ready. And uh, I, just, I, I just, I was breaking down. I was crying my eyes out. And I want to share with you the words of that song that really encouraged me. The chorus of that song goes, sight beyond what I see. You know what's best for me. Prepare my mind, prepare my heart for whatever comes. I'm going to be ready. Strength to pass any test. I feel like I'm so blessed. With you in control, I can't go wrong because I always know I'm going to be ready. And that whole week, I was playing that song after reading my Bible every day. And the words really helped me. Sight beyond what I see. You know, a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we got on our knees. And um, after my first 0.0 PSA in this battle with cancer, I said, God, we started praying. I said, Lord, I want to bring you more glory this second half of my life. I use the term fourth quarter, but said I like to say second half. I said, I want to bring you more glory than I've done the previous 34 years. And um, I said, like Jesus was able to say in John 17, when I face God, I want to be able to say to my God, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. That is what I want to be able to say to my God. And we started praying. I said, God, we're looking up to you. And we're asking you, if you want us someplace else, then make this thing happen. We're not going to call anybody. But if you want us somewhere else, then Father, make it very clear. And so we started praying that prayer. And the phone started ringing. Uh, people are calling, say, hey, what are you doing down there in, you know, in Texas? And, um, you know, I said, uh, you know, 
thanks for asking. I've been battling cancer. Um, and so, uh, you know, we started interviewing with different churches. You know, none of them walked out. And then, um, you know, Sam Power called in January and said, you know, bro, just come up to New York. Let's just talk. And that's why we came and visited you guys in early February. And we came to New York and loved it. You guys have an incredible church. You guys have an, have an incredible leadership. And uh, my wife and I kept on asking everybody, hey, what do we need to do to come join you guys? You know, and the plan was we were meant to come back to Texas. And then, uh, you know, they were going to now fly us up for our formal interview. And then COVID-19 happened. And I forget it. You know, Sam called and said, you know, bro, I got bad news. There's, uh, you know, the elders have put a freeze on hiring and on spending. And so, you know, sorry, we're not going to be able to bring you guys up. And I said, it's okay. And I, and I, and I said, I, I got just one request. Please, uh, when, when things get better and uh, the, uh, the freeze is lifted, I pray that you will call us because we really want to come be a part of the New York City Church. And he promised he would. And, uh, and that's what happened, you know, uh, I want to say about a month and a half ago now that uh, Maurice called and said, hey, uh, we'd like to talk to you guys about uh, uh, moving up here and joining our staff. And so we've been interviewing ever since. And so please be praying for us. Uh, you guys are a great church. Would love to come be a part of, you know, what is going on in New York City. And, uh, you know, but it, it's all going to depend on our work with the Lord. You know, I believe that prayer is the bridge between panic and peace. Where we've got to be praying. The only way that God shows us that he's in control is putting us in situations that we cannot control. And if anything, this pandemic has really shown us who is really in control. That is not us. It never was us. And it never will be us. And so, brothers and sisters, as we, all, as we all go through this time, let's make sure that we're drawing close to God because God sees the big picture. You know, several weeks ago, Maurice was preaching. Uh, since we got to Atlanta, we, I always tune into uh, the New York City church service every Sunday. And uh, Maurice was talking about how, you know, the, 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 the instance we're going through right now is like a, all we can see is a little selfie. God sees the big picture. And God knows what's going to happen years from now. And as long as you and I continue to seek his face, he will continue to help us out. Our faith is being tested right now as a church and as a world. And I'm, and I'm, I'm thankful that this whole time has caused us to really remember what's really important. All of a sudden, we realize, you know what? Our jobs are not the most important thing. That is, it's one another. It's our families. It's our loved ones. And, and so if we've learned anything from, 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 this, from this time, is to realize that, you know what? God is the most important thing. And after that, it's our family. It's one, it's one another. And, it, it, you know, and that's an exciting thing to be able to realize and to know. And I promise you that whatever the new normal is going to look like, we're not going to make the same mistake that we're making before now in terms of just making other things important and, and our jobs and different things. But it's going to be God and God only. Our faith is going to be tested. Our faith is being tested right now. But as long as you and I continue to pray and continue to look to God, God will help us out. You know, there are so many people in the scriptures that God rescued. Noah. I, I put up all the references over here. Lot. Joseph. Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Esther and the Jews. David from Goliath. There's so many people. God is in the rescuing business. And he's going to rescue you and I from this pandemic. But we have to pass this test. We have to pass this test. And we are going to pass this step because as long as our faith is on him, God will bring us through this time. 
I also want to give us a bunch of scriptures to go ahead and look at in your spare time. You know, I'll put them all on, on the screen. You may want to take a picture of this. You know, Psalm 34, Matthew 11, Mark 4, Psalm 121, that Sarah referred to, Psalm 18, Psalm 23, Psalm 46. There's so many. And, you know, I, I just wanted to share with this with you guys tonight. And hopefully, you know, this message has been inspiring to you. It has helped you. You know what? Let's just get back to God. The God that has brought us this far is not going to abandon us now. He's going to help us find a, a cure for this pandemic. And you and I will continue to glorify God. You and I will continue to reach out to people. You know, I'm so gratified. Uh, uh, a lot of churches are now telling us that they have, they've had more baptisms today than they did this time last year, despite all this pandemic. You know, you know we all saw the uh, Africa um, video on Sunday. It was so encouraging, worshiping God with all the churches in Africa. Again, I want to use this opportunity to thank you guys, the New York City Church, because you guys have supported the work in Africa for decades. And one of these days, you're going to meet all those disciples face to face on the other side. It is going to be awesome. And it's one of the things I'm looking forward to in terms of when we get to heaven is nobody's going anywhere. You don't have to go on a plane to go see anybody. We are going to be there together, worshiping God and, and, and having eternity with God forever. There's no sin. There's not going to be any sin. There's not going to be any devil. It's going to be an incredible time. It's going to be an incredible eternity that awaits us. But God is going to come to our rescue during this time. And what we must do is thrive. We just can't survive. We need to thrive during this time. We need to keep our eyes on God. We need to continue to trust God. And God is going to bring us through this. God has a plan. We must trust it. We've got to live it. And we've got to enjoy it. And uh, as promised, here are our contacts. Here's mine on top. My, that's my cell number. And uh, here's my email. And Sarah's, please, we want you guys to reach out to us. And we, uh, we, we want you guys to call us. You, you, can, you want to send us emails. As a matter of fact, I, I'd love for you guys to, to send us some of your prayer requests. If there are things in your life that you'd love for us to be praying about, please text them to us and, or, or email us. We'll we, we add it to our prayer list. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't know how to do. But one of the things I know, I, I know we both know how to do is pray. And uh, so please send those prayer requests to us. Or if you have any questions that you want to ask us, you know, please feel free, you know, to, to contact us and call us. And uh, we stay up late. And so, you know, believe it or not, you, if you call at 10 or 11 p.m., I'm going to answer the telephone. Uh, but uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, please be praying for us and uh, continue to serve your God. And I hope this message has been helpful. God bless you all.